In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. The gospel, the gospel that makes a way. folks and welcome to good news for the city the radio broadcast ministry partnership between wava radio and one heart dc right here on life-changing talk radio 105.1 fm wava my name is dennis williams and i'm director of ministry for wava wava radio and i want to welcome you to today's broadcast well folks here we go here we go again in our last show and this is cool to me because if you listen to our last show, you know that Brian and I, Brian Bales, Pastor Brian Bales and I got to, to speak with each other and, and interview um, Pastor Brian and get to know more about his church. But um, we're going to kind of go right into that again this week. So in our last show, we discussed how a church, Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia, and, and Pastor Brian had endured not just one, but two fiery trials. The first being a major new building project that included reimagining and an expanded mission and vision followed by a worldwide pandemic. So what initially felt like a sprint getting through a challenging three-year project became a marathon where resources and mission and vision became threatened, where the methods and rhythms of doing church morphed. All the while, the culture outside the church has been changing super rapidly. Well, in this sequel episode, we will explore leadership, how our guest drew upon his experience, but also dug deep down into his faith as the sprint became, and in many ways remains, a marathon. We will explore what it looks like leading through a double fiery trial, selling the church. You heard all about that, navigating uncharted waters of of COVID-19. So we will not only follow some of the twists and turns and hard decisions, but also how it felt at various points and the indelible imprints, good and bad, that have marked our guest and the congregation he leads since then. You know what? James 1.12 says this. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. Man, I love those words. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Wow. We will hear today a story from our guest who has remained steadfast by the power of the Holy Spirit. And guess what, folks? We get to do it again. So, as you, as I said last week, I'm going to say again this week. Usually, I say, "Hey, you know the drill." I'm going to turn it over to my buddy, my good friend, my my friend, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bell. But no, no, not today. I'm going to turn it over to. Well, you help me, buddy. Well, you know, it is a little bit odd when the shoe is on the other foot. So I'm used to being the one that interviews. Not being the one that's interviewed, but uh, we did have a great conversation last time we got together, just talking about God. And something I said last time, I want to kind of reinforce this time. This story is not about me. This story is not even about Christian Fellowship Church. This story is about the goodness of God 
in their life. Um, And so if there's anything that I say today that seems to come across like I've got it all together, I do not. Anything I say today that comes across like that I'm not still struggling in some of these areas, I still am. But there is a hero to this story, and it's not me. It is Jesus. And he continues to work that out because I have to tell you, uh, like most of us, nothing of this last couple of years would we say we would have expected. But certainly the idea of what we talked about, of God calling us as a church to move locations, to rebuild and to do all of that sort of things. Uh, it's hard enough as on its own, but certainly it has not and did not play out the way we thought at first. Amen, man. Brian, I don't know. I don't think, my friend, that I've ever told you this, but when I was in seminary, the church I served while I was in seminary, I served as a student pastor. We did a building project, man. We did a new um, educational building onto that church. And I was in seminary, but here's the difference between, I didn't have a pandemic and all of that stuff, of course. You know what? I think I was too silly and ignorant to to know what I was going through. So it didn't bother me nearly as much as I would have probably had I been more mature. So with having said that, hey, man, take our listeners through what it's like building a new church building and then immediately running headlong into a pandemic. Can you help us out with that? Sure. Well, you know, Again, the church isn't a building, it's a people, but God often uses buildings as a tool to make a difference. And we wanted to be uh, have a building that worked as a tool in the community that he called us to in Ashburn. And, and if you've sure. ever had the privilege or the challenge, for example, of, of building a house and or, or remodeling your condo or whatever it might be, imagine just taking those and then multiplying it times square footage. Plus on the fact that, you know, a lot of times if you go and you build a house, you already have a design that works from the builder, but now you've got to start from a a design. You've got to do all of that. And Mm -hmm. you've got to get, not just if you happen to be married and have a couple of kids uh, on board to how it should look, you've got to get, you know, 14, 1500 people on board and on the same page. Because I don't know if you know this, Dennis, people have differing opinions on everything, (laughs) right? No. And so not only do you have just the, the flat out physical work. And one of the things that our story was uh, unique about is we had a very tight timeline to get this all done because we had already sold our property. And so if we weren't in the building that we had to design and build and put in by a certain date, we were literally going to be a place without a building, which isn't such a bad thing, but the challenge would have been, then you got to move your furnitures and stuff to storage and you got to move it to other places. Yeah. There was going to be a lot of logistical challenges. And so not only did we have to do that. We had to get rid of a lot of things. And and I really want to say, I, I didn't do this on my own. There's so many great people right now, even I'm talking that that are coming to mind. Uh, some that I've even talked to as recently as this morning um, about this in this project and what God has done. But I think, for example, anyone who's listening, um, it, it is a reminder that the church is a people and the mission of the church is accomplished through people, not just a person. And certainly if part of the mission is building a new building, this is not just about the lead pastor, even though that there's some challenges there that maybe other people don't have. This is about the engagement uh, of everyone. And so uh, we were really excited when we were, you know, to the place where like, hey, we're, we're going to have this launch service March 22nd, 2020. At least that's what we thought, right? Sure. <laughs> yeah. So no pressure, right? I mean, you didn't feel any pressure sure, no. at all. Yeah. In some yeah, ways yeah, yeah. it was almost like, hey, 
you know, the, what we thought was like the hardest part was done. I mean, we still had some stuff that had to, you know, I's to dot and T's across, but oh, we're going to be in the new building. The other scenarios that we were working through, they're going to be in the past, but we just kind of, you know, we ran straight on to a new one. Kind of like, uh, isn't it kind of like a marriage a little bit, buddy? Hey man, I just love her so much. Everything's going to be fantastic. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead here. Hey yeah. man. So how, how do you process that pressure? The, that pressure, of course, then the pressure of the pandemic and isolation and upheaval. I mean, like you said, man, you have a wife, you have two kids, um, social and leadership rhythms, because we are kind of people of rhythm, aren't we? As yeah. pastors, we get in a rhythm and talk to me about that, man. Yeah. So if you didn't catch the last uh, show, you may not have also caught the idea of the date that I just gave you. We didn't open up, right? Because COVID <laughs> hit two Sundays before that. And so um, I mentioned before that a lot of times you don't realize you have expectations, so they're not met. And the truth yes. is, I thought yes. I was really trusting God. Uh, and uh, it turns out that my trust needed to grow a bit. And it still needs to grow in lots of ways. And so I think for me, you know, personally, I would have moments where I was just absolutely positively stressed um, about, all right, God, how is this going to work? Um, not only now have we moved a building, all our people have dispersed and, and many of them are watching from home. Some are trying to figure things out. You know, I, there was so many complications that just uh, came out in all kinds of ways. And what I discovered was, is that when I didn't do a good job, of going back to God and turning this over, uh, boy, things did not go well. Things didn't go well emotionally for me. Things didn't necessarily go well, um, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. physically for me. I would get headaches and I would get all of those sort of things. And I had to get into a, a rhythm like every day. And I thought I was doing this before, but clearly, Dennis, I wasn't doing it enough where I just got up and I said, all right, God, um, today is, is your day. I don't know how it's going to play out because nothing seems to be playing out in the way that I could have predicted. And I had this verse, you know, um, Deuteronomy chapter 31, where it talks about never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Yes. And I think yes. listeners know those moments, especially believing listeners where you feel compelled by God to do something and then you go and you step out and do it, Dennis, and it is just an absolute dumpster fire of challenge. <laughs> and, and, and that's really what it was between a, a congregation shift and a building shift. And, and then you added on COVID. And for me, I, I just learned that I had a whole lot to learn. And not that I didn't know that intellectually. I don't think any of us ever think that we've arrived. Sure, I certainly didn't course. think I've arrived, but I of didn't course. quite know how far still I had to go on the journey. If you know what I mean, it's kind of I like, know. you know, when you, when you make <laughs> over one mountain and you realize, oh, there's another 35 mountains behind it, but you could only think there was one or two. And so um, for me, it was it was a challenge and it, it still is um, because we're still in many ways in COVID and still a lot of things that that have happened, especially when we start talking about all the things that, frankly, uh, there's not really a playbook for. And how does it look to lead and trust God in that? I was going to say, man, there, and for no one, I mean, not just you, but for, I mean, the folk we're talking to, Brian, there is no mm -hmm. playbook out there. Nobody knew what to do. And I think we, we fumbled a lot, didn't we? I mean, you probably fumbled. I know I fumbled and I wasn't leading the size church that you're leading, but 
I mean, what were some of those key challenges and like decisions you had to make? And what was the process you went to? You're talking to your staff and, you know, yeah. all of that kind of stuff. Well, you know, I made lots of mistakes. I think one of them was is because things are moving so fast. Um, yes. I probably yes. didn't communicate as well. Uh, as I should in some ways, not probably I didn't looking back, yes, you know, it's, it's a yes. whole lot easier to do an autopsy on what you should have done than to keep Absolutely. it moving and a lot of moving, but didn't yeah. communicate as well. And certainly, you know, in the midst of all that was going on, um, I had this statement, if someone had a belly button, they had an opinion and that's not a bad thing. You made to have one, right? <laughs> no, but it's all true. of a sudden yeah, the, the, yeah. the running joke I had was, is before now, you know, I knew everyone had an opinion. Now everyone was wearing midriffs. Like everyone you, you <laughs> saw and you heard and you felt everyone's opinion. And, and the stress of the reality was I, I didn't necessarily think I was wired as a person who likes to please people, but I never realized how much of this scenario helped me understand that, that I have just an audience of one God first, but man, I'm really tempted to please people first. And the challenge of it was, is I could please person A and person B and person C. And by doing that person D and person E and person F would be completely angry at the thing I just did. And then person D, E and F, maybe I please them, but then A, B and C. And then you multiply that times a thousand or whatever it might be. And uh, there was just a lot of challenges and it only got harder, especially because of weakened connections you know, proximity of people when we get to know their heart and know their stories help. But now, you know, people weren't around each other as much. We were working as staff so much more virtually than we ever were before. And now you had to try to connect with people. And as things were changing, I use this analogy. I felt like we were changing the tires on the car while it was moving, you know, like we'd, <laughs> we'd set up for this new building in this new way. And say, for example, uh, we own a Jeep in our home and, and we built a Jeep, but now we actually need a different type of car. We need a minivan or whatever, but this is the car that we have. So how do you retrofit it? And, and um, you know, I don't want to sound like my life was horrible, right? You know, God still showed up every day. Um, I had a roof over my home. I have a family that loves me. I, I never concerned myself. I'm not going to find another meal. And so you want to keep, and I want to keep this in perspective, but I would say, there were many moments, and I still today, many moments where I would get up and I would like, God, you have to show up today because I feel like I've got nothing to bring to the table. And whatever I do bring to the table, I feel like is getting shot down. You know, I feel like, a, a, you know, one of those clay pigeons that would get shot up into the air and, and people. And again, I'm not trying to make this about me. I think a lot of, of course, people know of exactly what that emotionally feels like. Mine just happened to play out in this environment and, and, and theirs played out in a while. And so, I mean, there was these, these crisis and this life cycle, you know, that just kept happening and people were all over the place. And how do you connect with them? It was hard. Still hard. So do you think, I'm wondering, man, as I'm listening to you, brother, is it because you know, people are, you said, everybody's got a belly button, has an opinion. And, and the, in the midst of that crisis life cycle, you think the folks were, and I just, this is, this is not something you and I've talked about. I'm kind of mm-hmm. adding it on, but um, are folks giving their opinions more because all of us were losing so much control in our lives on every other plane? You know, that's a great question. I, I think that the isolation and the challenge of, of COVID uh, many times has played upon our fears. And I think yes, that, yes, um, yes. you know, there's nothing wrong, by the way, with fear rightfully placed. 
God created the emotion yes, fear. Yes, the problem yes. is, is when we're controlled by the spirit of fear, God said, all right, let's take this fear and let me give it back to me, you know, give it back to me so I can lead you instead of allowing that to control us. And so in the midst of, you know, the terms unprecedented, we did a whole sermon series called unprecedented. And then we banned that word because it seemed like that. every day there was an unprecedented yeah. thing. Yeah, I remember and, that. Um, you know, it, I think that's part of it. And I think, you know, at the same time, you know, when you see something you care about, and you love, and, and it's it's a challenge. I mean, you you put your opinion into it, right? Course, uh, and I think a lot of, of it, uh, you know, people's opinions came from, hey, this is a church that I love. This is a care for. I want to help this church. I want, this is my body. This is this. And then yes, and yes. what the challenge, I think, for a lot of us is, is that, you know, many times in life, we have a plan that we want God to notarize. I'm guilty yes, of that. And yes. I think there are other people that and so what happens, a lot of people would come out with plans that they want God to notarize. And God was like, all right, be still and know that I'm God. And that word no doesn't mean intellectually assent to the fact. It means when we understand it in its original language, be still and experience the fact that I'm God, because yes. he is the only yes. one that Amen. could get us Amen. through in that way. And so, you know, to the best of I was able to do, and again, ah, boy, anyone who's listening to this, if I seem like I was getting this more right than wrong, please don't hear that. I, I firmly believe I got more right than wrong. It's just Jesus' grace that we were able to make it to where we are now. I, I really believe that. And I'm not trying to be falsely humble or any of sure, that. That's sure. just the reality of how of I feel. But I, I would try to stay connected with people and I'd try to you know, hear what there's going on. And I try to point them to Jesus, like the same Jesus that called us to this place and called us to this moment. The same Jesus that died for us is not going to abandon us. He's not going to call us there to then abandon us as a church. He's not going to let us go through stuff that isn't for our good and his glory. And so, you know, he is working on us as a church. He's working on me as an individual. And I would often ask the question, how's he working on you? Yeah. So how, let me ask you that brother. So in the, let me, let me just put a little point on that. So in the life cycle of this crisis, where is that crisis? Where is the life cycle? And then out of that, what has God been doing for you? How's God working on you? How's God changed you, your character, your leadership style, those kind of things? Yeah. Well, I don't even begin to predict anything anymore, Dennis. Uh, asking us <laughs> to say where the end of the life cycle is, is no, you might as well point. ask me to, to jump to the moon. You know, I, there's been enough good times point. where I thought this was done or over or we were going to shift and then a new variant would come out or a new social issue would pop up or a new whatever might be would happen. And so I don't predict it. And so I think that's been good because in some ways no, it makes true. me be that person in Proverbs 30. If you remember where he's, he thanks God that he's not too poor because then he's not tempted to steal or he's not too rich because then he's not tempted to live like he doesn't need God, but he holds him right there in that tension of the middle. And that's really where I feel like that God's doing for me as a person, certainly our church, holding us in that tension in the middle to say, are we going to live trusting him? And there's a, a quote I have that I keep on my laptop that um, I think that I knew, but man, it's so real for me right now, real for many. And this is it. The Lord doesn't promise to not take us into the wilderness. That's the bad news. The good news is that even in the wilderness, the wilderness belongs to him and he is there with you. And Amen. so, Amen. you know, that's this sort of idea. Like, do I believe God is with me in the wilderness? Do I believe he's the owner of the wilderness? 
And while I let him, as I mentioned last time together, while I let him direct my life, you know, will I let the spirit of God who dwells in me, the very presence of God dwells in me as a believer, will I let him do that? And the truth is intellectually, I like to say, well, of course I do. But when it comes down to this tension of control and thumbs down, that sort of stuff, um, you know, not as much. And so for me, um, I had some things that had to, you know, change in my life to move me towards God. I still have some things that have to change in my life. But I, I learned that in being tired and exhausted and uh, sometimes just flat out feeling lonely. And I don't blame that on anyone around me. Um, just that was just how I felt and this still feels, feel from time yeah. to time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I certainly aren't trying to assign it and saying someone else needs to do something. It's just the way I felt and the way I do feel from time to time. In the midst of that, um, and my frustration in those moments, instead of being angry, what I try to remind myself of God's grace, that even in this moment, um, he's showing grace, whether I see it or not, because I can look back into so many other moments where I could not see his grace, that it became evident. And so, you know, will I, in this moment, trust him? And so I think you and I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Buddy. No, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I think you and I are pretty real people. I think we're pretty in touch with, with who we are and what we do and that kind of stuff. And um, I think it's um, sometime doggone it, man, when you're going through pain and emotion and loneliness and all those things that are so real, it really is tough to see mm. God's grace. And I mean, we know it. We know he's there. We know that that power is there, that his love is there, and all of those kind of things, man. But yeah. golly, sometimes it's tough to see, isn't it? So, yeah. so what well, about lately, just, man? I mean, yeah. what, what are you well, feeling? It's, it's, again, God teaching me humility and trusting him. Yes. There's a verse yes. that, yes. you know, I'm not like, hey, what's my verse for the year? What's my sure. resolution sure. for the year? But God really placed this verse on my heart that's really been playing out all year long. So far as John 14, 27, where he's in the upper room and he tells his disciples, peace, I leave with you, not as the world gives you, but as I give you, which is crazy yes. because they were about to go through the most unpeaceful from the earthly standpoint time that they would have. Jesus is going to be crucified. They were going to be chased down and they were going to basically spend the rest of their time on earth in circumstances that were not easy. But it's this reminder that Jesus peace wasn't based upon circumstances, but it was based upon his presence. Yes. And yes. his presence is always here. And, and so that's, for me, I think one of the things that, that I do better some days and I don't. And, and frankly, when I felt like God wanted to lay this verse in my heart, I'm like, oh, no, God, you're telling me I'm going to have reasons that I'm going to struggle with peace. I'm kind of struggling <laughs> with it. But I, I just want to say this, that the greatest joy and blessing is when I have stepped into this uh, and obeyed what he's asked. I've watched God do something. But I also want to say this. I don't like listening to stories from other people that I feel like they wrap everything up with a shiny little bow on the end and they live happily ever after there. Yeah, there's no, so far real. there's no, there's no happily ever after in our story at Christian fellowship church or my life. There's no bow yet. There yes, might be, yes, but the yes. truth is whether there's a bow or happily ever after doesn't mean that I can't still have peace that we can't still have peace. And so if you're listening here today, whatever you're going through, I'm sure it's not a building program, but whatever it is, the God of the universe is right there with you. And that is the good news. And that is your place of peace. And so I pray that what he's teaching me, he teaches you that the peace he gives to us, not as the world gives, but as he gives. Man, that's thank you so much, man. I, 
I, I pray that folks respect us and hear us and what we've said um, about the good news of the gospel, that he is there. He cares for us. He gives us a peace that the world can't possibly give because we know, man, we, we've lived enough life to know that there isn't always a nice tidy bow, is there? No, that there life is can get messy and yucky and all of those kind of things. And yet we serve the God of the universe. Folks, you got to listen to this again. Listen to the first one if you haven't heard it, because um, Pastor Brian says a lot of very cool and good and rich stuff that God has placed on his heart. So you can go to goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Also, if you want to learn more about what's going on at CFC um, and get in touch with Pastor Brian, you can go to cfcwired.org. That's cfcwired.org. Again, you can always call me at the station 703-807-2266. That's 703-807-2266. Hey, folks, thank you for joining us. God bless you. We'll see you again next week. And remember... It's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.